Welcome, everybody, to the Outside Edge. Man, we're all the way up to episode nine. You believe that? I'm your host, Dave Briscoe. Mike's a little slow on the buttons today. A little slow on the buttons, Mikey. Mike, my producer, Mikey Lee. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so this podcast, it's a podcast about everything water sports and extreme athletes and, you know, the the journey that got us here and how we got here and what we're doing next. And I like to have fun with everybody, you know? Yeah. We've got a regular on the podcast already. He's back in the studio. Everybody, Shannon Best. Hello, hello, hello. Hold on, wait. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a, you know, he's labeled. He's, uh, what do you call that in the movie industry when you're ty- typecast? Typecast, he's yeah. Typecast, he's been yeah. typecast as our resident Australian drunk. He is. He Did is. I ever tell yeah. you, uh, Shannon, I had a friend, and I've never been to Australia, mm. but I had a friend who went, and I asked him, I said, Did you try Fosters while you were there? And he goes, Oh, yeah, I went up to a bartender and asked him, I said, Hey, do you have a Fosters? And he goes, What's that? And uh, he goes, uh, You know, Fosters, Australian for beer. And the bartender goes, Nah, mate. American for piss. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah I, thought that I, guess, was, I thought that was common knowledge. I guess, I guess that Foster's is not a good beer in Australia. I don't even think we sell it. Really? It's well, Australian it beer. Be, no, it, it was. It is. But it's it just became this marketing conglomerate, like this marketing thing that like was bigger than Australia and went overseas. You know, you right. gotta, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you got to remember Australia is only 25, 26 27 million people yet we are the largest beer consumers in the world we didn't invent it but we sure as hell i've seen some of your woman i've seen some of your woman you gotta drink a lot of beer hey hey what are you talking about (laughs) getting i'm seeing some of your women (laughs) i know all right hey so shannon went out uh for the fireworks the other night hey all right loved them took my dog uh, yeah oh your dog let me tell you about layla so this dog is a pit bull. Beautiful dog. Absolute beautiful dog. The nicest nature's dog you've ever come across. It is rugged. It will run around the yard all day. It will jump in the freezing water. It, when it drinks out of a bowl, it will shove its snout pretty much all the way up to its eyeballs and drink yeah. water out of the bowl. Yeah, it loves the water. It does. Yet, when we were in the boat the other night going over to watch fireworks, I'm in the boat driving and... It just started to sprinkle a little rain, and that dog was like, "Oh, oh, what's that? Oh, is that rain? rain? Oh my god, get me out of here! I can't stand this rain. What is this thing? I, I just, I, I'm just, it baffled me. She's a delicate little flower. I guess so. Yeah, she'll go swimming. She likes to, uh, you know, d- dip her head in the water, but yeah, the rain. I good. mean, I guess we're all the she same will, way, aren't we? She is one of the dogs that you drop. Uh, what do you drop a uh, something in the pool? Yeah. And she will swim down the bottom of the pool, grab it, and swim back up. And she can hold her breath. But if you throw the ball in the yard and it's raining, she'll go, nah, I'll get it later. <laughs> she doesn't like the rain. Like, she doesn't like rain. It's like, wait, I just... It, I'm, with I'm with her. Yeah. I'm with her. Well, hey, so we got an exciting guest today, guys. Um, we, we got a guy that's been in the industry for a long time. He's a really good friend of mine. I actually met about 20 years ago. And... Uh, he started working out at Ski Paradise. Remember Ski Paradise, Shannon? It's it, wasn't Shannon Starling sponsored by Ski Paradise. He might have been. He might have been back in the day. I thought I saw one of those yep. stickers or something on his kneeboard. I, I probably we're gonna have to get him yeah. on the podcast. Right, and he'll probably right. correct me on that. But, but I remember this, seeing Ski Paradise stickers yeah. on somebody's kneeboard or yeah. 
yeah, board or absolutely. Like back in the day. So, and, and this guy, right, six foot six, right, perfect slalom skier. Like you barely you, fits in the studio. Yeah, yeah. And one of the most sought after mechanics in the industry as well. In the in the boat industry, he, he's the best. Like everybody's tries to get this guy to come work with him. How does he fit in the and, boats? Uh, oh, he well he crawls around in those boats. It's unbelievable. Well, he's sitting right next to you. Let's introduce him, ladies and gentlemen, John Hillman. Hey, Woo-hoo! thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on the show. It's always a great time to hang out with the rooster. What an amazing show. I love it. It's awesome. And I, you know, what you're doing for the industry right now is just amazing. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. Thanks. That's awful nice. Yeah. Thank you. We love it. We're having a good time. You know, telling the old stories about what we did back in the day. And, you know, the one main reason I wanted to bring John on is because John deals with all the things that you guys go through in your boats and and what's working good, what isn't working good. And, um, how to prep your boat to keep it better looking, how to, you know, all the, the intricate parts that, you know, you buy 150000 to a $200,000 boat, uh, you know, you should be taking care of it properly. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, when you spend that kind of money on a boat, you know, you want to take the right processes and steps to ensure your investment will last you for a long time. And basic maintenance and and you know, an occasional visit to the dealership and, and just get it done. So that way your, your, your family is out on the water and you're having such a wonderful time, you know, when you can be on the boat. And What's one of the things that drives you crazy? Like when you go to somebody's house, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't realize to do that. Like what's this? It's got to happen all the time. All right. So biggest pet thief that just completely pisses me off to no end. When I go to a customer's boat, they know I'm coming to work on their boat. They know I'm coming to service, service the boat, change the oil, do the transmission, the impeller, and the lockers are full of gear. I mean, there's 35 molded, orange, <laughs> shitty life jackets, and you're looking, I'm going, Out of date seriously, bars, what the hell? And it, there's bird shit all over the boat. So, number one, I'm, I'm breathing mold, and I'm catching hepatitis, and, and I just want to change their oil. <laughs> oh, wow, I could go so many places with that one. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, so but that's that's true, right? So you do that a lot of times. You'll go to people's houses and take care of their boats. Right? You do service calls at their houses. Absolutely. You yeah. know, I've I've uh, in my career, I've I've been fortunate to travel a lot of places and and meet a lot of great people, and um, it's always a cool thing to go to somebody's house. I can educate them in a little bit when they're there, um, and and kind of look over their boat, make sure they're good to go. And, what's your, what's your and, favorite boat to work on? Oh wow, um, any inboard. I'll just leave it at that. Wow, I what very politically correct. Oh. You like you like the inboards? Absolutely. I would think that would be harder to work on. You know, I okay. So I've I've gotten that question a lot over my career. And uh, why do you specifically work on inboards? Well, here in Central Florida, there's so many people that are just awesome at outboards and and doing what they do. It's it was just kind of pointless for me to segue into that and just stick to what I know. And, yeah. And. You know, taking care of inboards with all the major brands, Mastercraft, Nautique, Malibu, Moomba, Supra, uh, Centurion, all of those boats, uh, it, it just became a natural fit for me. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that likes a loud-ass engine that drinks lots of fuel and makes lots of noise, and it just was a perfect fit. Wow. And you guys got to be certified, too. So all the inboard companies, when you work on a boat, your warranty's void unless you're a certified mechanic. So oh, he's wow. got to go to all these schools. Like, and not, I mean, John works specifically for a dealership now, which is specifically works on one brand of the industry. Yeah. Um, and so, but he's got to learn how to work on them all. Well, while I got him here, I actually have an interesting question, and he's probably the gentleman to ask this. So 
Tesla just announced they came out with a new patent. Did anybody see this? I sent this I over to Dave. A million, a million hour battery. Or a million, yeah, million hour battery. A right? million hours? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a patent. That's so weird. they're using, um, uh, what is it, enzymes, electrolytes. Uh, Do you know anything about so, that, John? So, so it's so, powered well, by well, Gatorade? Yeah, 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 I know. Don't, don't get us. It's full of electrolytes. Don't, yeah, go, don't get idiocracy on this one. Okay, it's got electrolytes in it. No, so what the, my question is, is if, we, if they come out with a battery like that because we put so much weight in the boat, so weight is not a concern when it comes to these wakeboard boats or these surf boats, so... We could load them up with massive batteries. Could you see a day that we could go electric in boats? For you know, wakeboarding. I, yeah, I I absolutely believe that that's going to be something that's uh, probably going to be the wave of the future. Um, what do you What do you oh, think? Oh, what do you The wave of the future? Oh, oh come on! Yeah, I thought you could catch that one, right? <laughs> so, can you talk about it more? I mean, do well, you, what, what's your what's your take? I, on it? I do know that. Without going into much detail, I, I do know that there are electric ski boats that exist right now, um, that they're in, you know, testing and development. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to make them to where the consumer can use them all weekend and not have to spend half a day charging the boat, doing this and that and the other. See, that's the thing that I hate. And so that the million hour charge is what really strikes me as like, because yeah. you'll never have to charge it again. I'll send you the link. Yeah. They, they just announced it's like they just filed for the patent. Wow. Because so, uh, so yeah. you know, these electric cars like uh, uh, Mustang just released one. I think they, they right. the electric Mustang and it said it can go for 213 miles. So yeah, I just I, made I, 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 Okay. That's if you don't put it in ridiculous mode. Well, what do they call it? Ludicrous yeah, mode? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. So if you, yeah. if you drive it like a golf buggy, right. you'll get 230 <laughs> miles out of it. Yeah. If you drive it like a lunatic, yeah. you're yeah. going to get about four minutes. Right. Right. So, it was, so, so I just made a trip to Oklahoma. So I'm thinking to myself, even though let's say I drove it like a, a golf buggy and I got 230 <laughs> miles, uh, you know, I get four or five hours down the road. And then how long do I have to sit there and charge it again before I can four go? The, yeah, exactly. Right. So, so it just, doesn't it, for a person like me that travels a lot doesn't seem like it uh, uh, makes a lot of sense and that i would think the same thing with a, an electric boat yeah because it all. takes so much more power to push that through the water right than it, it does to push a well, car down the highway in, so these electric motors so torquey though yeah they're so torquey but we all know that wakeboarders are so conservative i mean they're gonna be in you know, okay so but, gentle mode going down right yeah, yeah. right no they, it's you want to gas but the thing is with the electric motors is you can fine-tune them in. They are so accurate, uh, so much more accurate than a gas motor. Absolutely. I'm just wondering if, you know, with wakeboarding, you set this, like, it'll really, once you set the speed, because it won't be the RPMs, it'll sense the speed, it'll sense the, you know. What what do you, okay, so now, here's my question. What do you do with all these old batteries? Like, once they wear out, what do you do with all these batteries? Okay, so this, the new patent is... They they just change the fluids, so they keep everything in there, and I, I, that was a, that's good that you bring that up. But so the patent says they're just going to be changing the fluids. They, they'll they'll be just using the same battery, and they'll never wear out. Yeah, well, f- a million miles. I mean, a million hours. Oh, they're going to make a sex doll like that soon with these batteries. I can see it coming. Absolutely, the sex dolls already exist, bro. I've got one downstairs. <laughs> that never wear out. You want to try it? One? That's my niece. <laughs> no, I was I wasn't talking about her. Uh, okay. But anyway, you know, you know that's probably going to be what we're going to be seeing sometime when, in the near future. What do you think? What what give us a time frame? I would say within the next ten years. Wow, because people, 
so people people don't know this. They keep it sort of quiet in the industry, but people do die from wake surfing. Absolutely. Right? right? Yeah. And, and guess what they die from, Mike? What? Carbon monoxide poisoning. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? So they're surfing behind the wake, and because they're so close to the back of the boat and the fumes are coming up, they're passing out and boom, going in the water and drowning. Really? Absolutely. So that's another reason, even well, if you're wake surfing kids, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, yeah. always wear a life jacket. Life jacket. jacket. Make yeah. sure it's a PDF. Yeah. Make sure it's a PDF. Yeah. And, yeah. They are, though. PDF I mean, and John, you need to step up here. And The catalytic conversion is, is pretty impressive right now. Yes. So all the engine manufacturers are striving to be five-star emission compliant um, with, you know, reduced emissions, you know, impressive uh, tunes on the engine so that they're they're not releasing all this bad, you know, pollution into the water into the atmosphere. Um, they're they're just doing a fine job of really making these boats so emissions. Uh, uh, I guess the word would be friendly. Friendly, sure, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So so yeah. Where, where where does the when you say that I like I, I, that that just dumbfounds me I guess. But where does the exhaust go? I always thought that it, it goes back. down into the water out the back yeah wow out the back of the boat down yeah. into the water but whenever that gas obviously comes up that's yeah. what that's when it, they're hitting it because they're driving over it as it i see what you're saying so wow, the original outboard the original the original inboard motor yeah. uh-huh. the the motors in the middle of the boat that, that we're going way back before they started v drive so you got middle of the boat you got two exhausts coming over and they marinize this so that the exhaust has a water coolant system that Water Brings, mixes with it. Water mixes with the exhaust. But it mm-hmm. was just coming out the back originally. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But nobody was surfing back, you know, 25 years ago, 20 years sure. ago. So when the technology changed, they started making surfing boats, they realized that they had to do downturn exhausts. So talk about that, John, for a second, the downturn. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the manufacturers do um, install downturn exhausts. And what that basically is, is instead of having the exhaust just come straight out of the back of the boat, they, they install an apparatus that creates a 90 degree turn that forces the water i mean the exhaust straight down into the water which is a lot lot cleaner a lot safer actually a little bit quieter i'm surprised that all the manufacturers really don't do that um some people are hardcore they love that sound you know when, when you spend 150 dollars on a boat you want that sound you want that noise you want to hear that rumble of that you know 500 horsepower engine that 400 horsepower engine the downside of that, yes, absolutely, carbon monoxide, for yeah. sure. Well, the thing is, too, is nearly all of these sports develop. So wakeboarding, wake skating, you know, sur- wake surfing develop so much more. F- they develop so fast that the boat manufacturers actually can't keep up with the sport and what's going on. And they don't know from, you know, they, they who, who would have predicted? Dave, I, I mean, we used to surf back in the early 90s. I mean, yeah. I, we would all surf. We would get, at the at the night, you know, we would have the spotlight. You don't want to wakeboard because wakeboarding is dangerous at, you know, 18 miles an hour and yeah. you're back behind 75 feet behind the boat in the middle of the night. You can easily just do that with a spotlight and you're surfing yeah. and you're out in the lake and everybody's there and you're right there. It's fun, you know. I so. remember when we used to do photo shoots, you either had to do an early morning photo shoot or a late afternoon photo shoot so the light was low enough so you didn't have shadows on your face. Yeah. So midday, the water would be shit, you know, and there'd be nothing to do. 
So we would just take the boats out and play and would do two boats right next to each other and make a center wave and try to just surf it with the biggest wakeboard that we had. Because nice. there was no surfboards yet. No, we, we would use surfboards. We had, we well, real had, surfboards, but I, no, there was no wake no, surfboards. I had, I, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, we actually had a couple of old um, 80s surfboards. And because they had... they. You know, the 90s with surfboard design and that, they went, they started taking a lot of volume out of the boards. They also uh, started putting a lot more rocker in these boards. Yeah. The 80s boards had volume and were a lot flatter. Yeah. You know, and uh, we had a couple of really cool uh, twin fins, a couple of um, fish, you know, that we would use. And we would use, those worked really well behind the boat. Yeah. So. so, John, what else do you see? So, now, you, you talked about the exhaust and everything going off the back, but the technology in the dash now, my God, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's gone leaps and bounds. You know, looking at, let's say, for instance, like a 94 Pro Star or 1990, you had gauges on the, you know, just gauges on your dash and a throttle. Yeah, and, analog. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, that's what you got. And you drop the hammer on it, and you hold on to the throttle, and hopefully you get the skier through the course at the right speed now you literally push a button and the boat will do everything elsewhere yeah you know i went to a, an air show and they it's it's it sounds similar to that with the uh, airplane technology too uh in in airplanes uh you think that all these pilots are doing this great thing up there but literally they type in where to go they type and you know all this stuff and they just, yeah they can yeah. just basically take a nap essentially <laughs> and yeah. and it sounds like it's getting that way with the boats as well uh where because i didn't you just show us a boat dave uh out on lake howard that you you could literally dial in the speed and go oh look at that look we're at 15 and a half or whatever you yeah know, yeah you know? it's all it's so it's it, 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 first we used a thing called uh perfect pass which was a paddle wheel on the bottom of the boat and that would actually take readings and it would uh, adjust a, uh, a actuator. Thro- an actuator. On, thank you. That's why. That's yeah, why I brought yeah, John. Yeah, yeah, no, he knows, he knows has, uh, word, <laughs> word, please. <laughs> Idiom, sir. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if one has to be right? Right. <laughs> so right but, past the flux capacity. Right. right. Yeah. But now it's all GPS. So now it's making an actual yes. satellite connection. And yes, that's what it yeah, was you were telling me. And, yeah, and, yeah. You're, and you're holding your speed. So, we, John, we were talking that about that the other day with a buddy of mine. In 1994, like you just mentioned, that boat, the the cable that was running that boat, the wire and the electronic cable was maybe 40 feet total. Right. And now there's like close to 1,500 to 2,000 feet worth of wire in a boat? It, it could, yeah, you know, it's really, with the amount of electronics that we have now, um, touch screens, dashes, the, the, the GPS systems, the stereo systems. I mean, my God, the wiring involved in all yeah. that. It, it's just, it, it's gone crazy. So is there anything Joe homeowner today can do themselves without having to go spend $150 at the dealer? Like to get the oil change down, what's it cost to get your oil change in your boat? It's pretty pricey. 150 to 200 bucks. I know that I Christ, still do my. How often do you have to do that? Every, every 500 hours. Oh, every 500 hours. Uh, 50 no, hours. No, no. Oh, sorry, every 50 hours. Every 50 wow, hours. so much for that motor. Yeah. <laughs> See, testing, it's testing. Good, yeah, right? it's good. Yeah. To, it's good that he's you know, here. You can actually you. get by 50 to 100 hours. It, it just depends on how heavy of a user you are. If if you're out there 
every weekend running the course and, and you know you obviously want to service your boat more if you're uh you know joe weekender you can get by a little longer i was gonna say i mean you take your boat out almost every day yeah. dave yeah I mean, when i was a... doing my pro tour i would do 50 hours a week so i was changing my oil once a week god 150 dollars yeah. or 200 bucks. well no because i do it myself so uh, most of these engines now have the, on the bottom of the oil pan there's a hose coming off so you're draining directly yeah. from the bottom of the oil pan he said hose i did say hose hey how you doing <laughs> And all you need is a sucker to put on the hose. Oh, man. Uh, we can't really start to we're, talking about, right we're talking about oil changes, right? We're getting we're, lubed up. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. But, yeah, and so you, you suck the oil out of the bottom of the engine. You know, you take the oil filter off. You put a new one on. All the oil filters are remote and now. dispose of it and dispose correctly. Dispose of it correctly. Thank you. Right. But this is something that the homeowners can do themselves, right, John? Do you teach any of the homeowners to do it? I have, yeah. I, you know, in... Education is the huge thing. There's so much out there on social media on how to do, you know, minor repairs and, and minor stuff to your boat that can save you money. Um, but sometimes there, I'm sure there's some jobs that people just don't want to tackle. I mean, changing an impeller can be a daunting task. And it, it, it's just, if you're not how, sure about it, then it costs you more. How many times have, uh, have you put an impeller, turned the boat on and boom, oh, I spun the wrong way? Sorry. Oh, I've done. I've done if it a bunch the, of if times. If the paddles are on backwards and, and, and it breaks the impeller, yeah, I've done. I don't know if that happens anymore. Well, no, really? no, mostly because like most of the pumps are keyed or they're angled or uh, the the sh I'm going to say shaft, <laughs> the shaft is slotted, so you can really only put them in one way. Um, the older boats, like back in the '90s, had like the mm. splined impeller that would slide into it, so you can just pop it in there. But the magic to the whole process, you're going to love this one, lube. Yeah, lots of lube. Uh, lots of lube. You know, back Makes in the, the world day, go around. yeah, back in the day, people would use you know Dawn dish washing soap and stuff like that, which is fine. You know, guys still do it today. Um, they have so many water-based lubricants that that just help that process go easy yeah. uh, in installing an impeller. And uh, and yeah. on V drives, the impeller is in the back of the boat, right? It's all, it's all most of them. The impeller is on the front of the motor, which is now the engine's turned around backwards. Backwards, right? So is it hard to get to some of these impellers? You know, I'm just thankful I have long arms. <sighs> yeah, you do have long. Like six six climbing around in a boat. It's like you know, it, I amaze people all the time. They're like, "How in the hell do you get in the back of that boat?" So. If you can imagine where like a 450 fat sack would sit, I have to take that fat sack out, pull the panel, and then literally fold myself up into that boat and get it done. And and it, the older I get, the little harder it gets. But wow, it, it's, you must it's have fun. been a breeze coming out of your mother, like a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Just fell right out. <laughs> wow. Making breakfast. There's John. <laughs> Kid's gonna be good for working on boats. Right. But you know, as as technology changes, a lot of the engine manufacturers are really kind of you know looking at what technicians have to deal with, and they're making strides to make the boats easier to service for us. Yeah, because that that used to piss me off back in the day. It was like they built the boat around the engine, and it was like, right. what idiot put this together? Because I can't. You know, I've always tried to do it myself, and if I can't get it done, I call John. <laughs> John, I got it all apart, and what do I do now? So, yeah, crazy. You know, we've over the years, I've just run into some really crazy stuff that people have done to their boats. And like you said, you know, there are some things that they can do themselves, but when I have to go in and unfix what they fixed and yeah. then find the original problem to fix, it just slows the whole right. process down. Any, any uh, funny stories of going to somebody's house and uh, anything funny happen? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, get a phone call this is years ago 
you know, we were running our boat, and it's just, the motor's just making this god-awful noise, and we're not sure what's wrong with it. And it's just not acting right. It's like, okay, I'll, you know, I'm headed to Orlando, no big deal. I get to the dock. This is a uh, Pro Star. I flip open the engine cover. There's just like six inches of solid oil all the way in the bottom of the boat. Oh, the whole bilge. Yeah. The whole bilge just filled with what? I pull the oil stick out, nothing. Bone dry. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was trying to figure out what was really going on. I loaded the engine back up with oil, hit the start button. The rods are banging and clanging and just oh, no. the motor's done. It's oh, no. over, it's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, stick a fork in it. It's, it's, it's toast. So, um, you know, that's that's a conversation you really don't want to have to tell somebody. Yeah, so what do you do? Sorry, you just spent like It was running fine before you got here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact that you have the Exxon Valdez in your bill, chair, it's, it's, you know, it's done. Uh, it's so done. did you figure out what was going on? Was it just a bad leak or what? Well, come to find out the owner had did their own oil change. Oh. And when they pulled off the old oil filter. They didn't get they the gasket. didn't get the gasket. So you have like this rubber gasket that sits on the top of an oil filter and they forgot to remove the old one, installed the new oil filter with a new gasket. So now you have two. That engine's pumping 60 pounds of oil pressure and it just never blew sealed. It out. Yeah, it never blew sealed. all through the engine. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much done. So um So in the, at the end of the day it's worth the hundred and fifty to two hundred bucks to pay somebody to do it. Yeah, I mean if you're confident if you're confident confident and you have good mechanical skills, I don't see why you can't service your own boat. If you're not, please God leave it the hell alone. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, you know, and, and I like to see, you know, when people oh, I put this new amp in and this and that and they're splicing into wires and they're cutting into stuff they shouldn't be cutting into, it just oh my god, it snowballs. It Mike, just gets crazy. Mike, I'd have to say that's just one of the dirtiest stories we've had on this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, it was, man. There's a lot of Filthy. sexual uh, innuendo in working on a motorboat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did there? It's oh, you motor did there. You motorboat and oh, some bitch. Getting it lubed so up. So smooth. He's so smooth. <laughs> Lubing the shaft. You know, it's Mike's fault that I'm doing this podcast. He's the... you got, Listen, everybody that loves this podcast, please... First of all, let's plug Mike for a minute. We have a oh, we haven't been plugging you. It's all right. Turn, turn around, Mike, and let's turn around. Plug you. Yeah, let's, let's get the plug going, Mike. I'm in this. I'm in the studio for the first time. We, you're gonna get plugged. Mike is a comedian. He's a he he is he's he's a com, uh, we won't say struggling. He's an aspiring comedian. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. He, he's getting. What is your? What how do people looks, find? He it? looks well fed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he seems yeah, to be doing pretty good. He's yeah. not a starving comedian. I'll tell no, you that's, that. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the bacon. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Facebook, Mike Lee Comedian, or on Instagram at Mike on the Radio. Yes, so, just do it. Know. Just yeah. do it. So Mike and I have been friends for a long time, and he asked me to do this podcast, and thanks to him, here we are. So I got two two sponsors to plug right now that are helping us make this. First one is Pull Water Sports. Pull Water Sports, a full-service pro shop dedicated to getting family and friends on the water. They carry all the best brands. They got Ronix, Radar, Liquid Forest, Connolly O'Neill, Rusty, Phase 5. They got all of it. Like you find them on Facebook. Uh, Jenny, the owner, wow, she's awesome. She's let me sleep on her couch a couple times, and she let me touch her little ass once. you got to ask her about that when you get in the shop. Uh, find them at Pullwater Sports online, uh, pullwatersports.com. And the other one I want to plug is Doc Solutions. You know, we talk about Doc Solutions in the couple in the past and bring all your doc needs to fruition and your beauty, beautify your lakefront area. Uh, you can find them at Doc Solutions on Facebook or DocsFL.com, uh, D-O-C-K-S-F-L.com. Please go on Patreon and uh, 
Subscribe. You'll get all the bonus issues. Uh, uh, the, we have a brand new bonus episode up there with uh, Todd. Well, I'm sorry, you got Todd, Todd Weatherall. Weatherall. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't miss that. That was a great oh, episode. Such a good episode. But you're only going to get it if you subscribe on Patreon. Got to go on Patreon. And thank you to those of you who already do uh, for yeah. all of the support. It's very generous. And Stephen Oliva. Stephen Oliva. Yeah. He's my skin doctor sponsor, and he was nice. the first. <laughs> yep, love him. Thank you to uh, Wakeboard Hall of Fame. Check out www.wakeboardhalloffame.com. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next episode on The Outside Edge. Thank you, John Hillman, for coming Got in. Got it. Thanks, guys. <laughs>